Elevator Pitch presents The Usual Suspects, Part 4. Written by Anne C. Thought you said this was a hedge maze, not a goddamn forest. It overgrows quickly. Since Father fired the doctor, we haven't needed this path to be particularly clear anyway. <sighs> Surely this isn't that terrible. Well, it's not really that fun, either. Oh, you poor thing. Are we almost there yet? One more left, I believe. Perhaps a right instead. Ugh. Aha! There you are. It just kind of looks like a bush to me. Well, I'm afraid we'll have to weather the bush first, but I promise there's a door behind it. Did you make the doctor walk through the bush, too? No, Father planted it after firing him. Just rubbing it in, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> Shrubbing it in. <laughs> Shut up. I'm, I'm so sorry. Just open the goddamn bush door. <laughs> After you, my dear. Could you do me a solid and pick the leaves out of my hair once we're done in here? Of course. <clears throat> what the hell is this place? An operating theater. Well, it's creeping me the hell out. An abandoned operating theater. How long has it been since it's been dusted in here? Oh, months at least. Let's just get through here as fast as possible. One moment. Your hair, detective. I was kidding about the whole leaf thing. Better safe than sorry. I don't know what kind of insects could be in a bush, but I'd rather you not find out in the shower. Ugh, good point. And, well... Forget it. You know, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you were just trying to find an excuse to play with my hair. Why, detective, that is quite the allegation. Your hand's still in it. That proves nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just show me the secret door. It opens from the inside, but if you wish to escape through this door, you'll need to look for the myth of Sisyphus and dug it down by the top. You're screwing with me. Absolutely not. God, I hate rich people. <laughs> Damn it. Shh. It's an old house. If there's someone else on the scene, which I doubt there is, this noise could very well be mistaken for settling. The pond squeezed my hand before stepping away to close the door behind us, leaving it open by just an inch so we wouldn't risk another sound. The study was quiet enough that I could hear my heart squirming in my chest like it was trapped there, trying and failing to ooze out between the slats in my ribs. The rest of the room wasn't helping much either. When I finished blinking away the bruised remains of the streetlights in my eyes, the rest of the room crawled into view as a hazy blue-gray. Shadows stalked every corner of every bookshelf, clinging to them like a twist in fog around gravestones. The pont laid a hand on my shoulder for just a moment, and I was in my body again. The books weren't razor-sharp and tooth-like anymore, but just more lines of rectangles distorting in the dark edges of my vision. The floor under the ground was steady, and I didn't need to hold on to my gun for dear life. It wasn't going to jump out of my pocket just because my heart was pounding hard enough to shake me. That shadow in the corner was just another ink blot stain on my vision, another person waiting with handcuffs. That hand crept away and stuffed itself into a pocket when we rounded the corner and found ourselves face to face with the gunpoint grimace of Vincent's old portrait. 
in the dark it had turned into a grotesque of itself, with spidery hands and cold, dead eyes like the ones scaping down from the formaldehyde jaws James LeBlanc kept on display. I truly hate that portrait. Your dad left you everything, right? Begrudgingly, yes. If this job goes right, I'll help you burn it. You're a genius, Nathan. Why would just sing my praises after we find that planet evidence? Of course. I know I should have been focused on the scene, the chalk outlined the missing gun, the desk that could have hit anything. But instead I felt my head wandering back to the Pansafer again. I couldn't exactly blame it. Maybe he was right when he said it only took one day to change your life forever. I could almost see myself finding some other city and not bothering to wedge myself into the middle of its problems while they beat me after death. I'd still make my donations and look for lost cats and help old ladies cross the road, but if something went wrong, maybe it wouldn't be my fault this time. France when the boat stopped long enough for me and a couple friends I never heard from again to cool our feet off in the creek and talk about what the hell we were gonna do when we got home. Most of them just said they wanted to sleep in a bed, get laid, get a drink, that kind of thing. Nobody gave a real answer because none of us could think of one. I didn't either. I, I just wanted peace, whatever the hell that looked like. Maybe this was it. I didn't know for certain, but it sounded close. It sounded like maybe someday in this big, uncertain dream life of mine, I might be able to stop sleeping with a gun in the drawer of my nightstand. Maybe I'd get a job I didn't hate. Maybe it'd be boring and meaningless, but I might come home to something better than a glass of whiskey with a side of guilt. Maybe I'd come home to someone. Someone who I'd marry and cook for and help around the house. Kind of someone who felt like that's something I'd wanted at the end of the war. I would have thought about it a little longer if I hadn't turned the corner and walked right into the bone white beam of a flashlight. Detective, run! I... Come on! Go! He doesn't see you. Detective, go! The hell was that? Nothing you need to worry about. You got me now. I knew we'd arrest you one day, Aicha, but I never thought it would be like this. Breaking and entering has to be a new low for you. Well, it's not a new loaf for the guy who just broke the other window. Come on, you don't really think I'm that. You get back here. It didn't take me long to realize there was somebody else with Malaki. That didn't change a lot for me. Outrunning two cops wasn't much different than outrunning one. What it did do was confirm the suspicion that had been creeping at the bottom of my stomach for the last day or so. Malaki and Wolf left the study at just about the same time, not long before we found a note leading us to the bar. Mason said something about taking them long enough after the waiter who dragged me off told them something too weird not to have been caught. Hollis and Mason were smug. They weren't smug enough to talk that loudly about planting evidence, especially when they didn't need to plant it in the first place. I didn't know if DuPont saw the trap before I did, or if he was just smart enough to run. Either way, I didn't blame him. Twenty-four hours ago, this would have been the last straw. But knowing what I knew, I couldn't hate him for All I could do was ignore it when my lungs and legs and head all started burning. Just so I might catch up to that flesh of his coat I saw disappearing around the corner of the hedge maze. He went that way! <laughs> Whatever that way was had to have been wrong. 
After what felt like another hour of running for my life, backtrack and, and turn and, and dragging myself in circle after circle after pushing through the bushes proved to be useless. It looked like my only company was going to be the sinking feeling in my stomach as my muscles started to slow down. I tried to remember last night, this morning, every little minute I wanted to hold close to my chest and guard from the rest of the world. Maybe I could get the hell out of there if I dangled that carrot in front of myself, pretending that my light at the end of the tunnel wasn't a prison cell, but that warm, that warm, nebulous feeling of holding Vincent DuPont, kissing Vincent DuPont. <laughs> Love it, Vincent DuPont. It didn't even have to be him I was chasing. Maybe just as promise, everything is stood for. The idea that someday I might get the hell out of here and I wouldn't hate myself for it. And wherever he was, I could only hope he was far away from me. He knew the maze better than I did, and I didn't even know if the police had seen him or not. <sighs> Maybe the big, dark void of shadow and waves and nothing in front of me didn't have him in it. But as long as he got away, it didn't matter. Maybe it was worth living a life apart from him if I knew he'd be all right somewhere else in the world. When the footsteps started getting closer, that warm and weary and useless mound of hope in my chest started to disintegrate. It was replaced by the white-hot burning of my lungs and the rolling of my organs. And finally, the sting of the shock in my stomach when something cold and hard and final click shot around my wrists. <laughs> Looks like it's my lucky day. I never thought I'd be the one to get to bring you in. You bastard. You set me up. Hey, nobody made you break in, Archer. Just you and that soft spot of yours. Shut the hell up. Save your energy for the interrogation. Huh, we got a bit of a walk. <laughs> I don't see why we shouldn't start that interrogation right now. At least give me my goddamn phone call. Once we're back at the station... How the hell did you fall for a trick like that? You're not stupid enough to risk all that on a suspect. I don't have to tell you anything. Not yet. This doesn't have anything to do with what I heard about you, does it? Shut up. You're too old to be living alone, you know. Can't a guy worry about an old co-worker of his? I'm not going to entertain any of this. I'm in the paddy wagon. It's gonna be a long night. This is Archer Detective Agencies. How can I help you? Dana, it's me. What happened to you? Look, I don't have a lot of time to explain. I'm, I'm not doing so hot. Probably concussed. Where are you? Police station. They, they, they said I'd get a call before they throw me in the holding cell for the night. I still have the bail money in the safe if you need me to do anything. I think you were out for lunch when we stopped by. We? Me and LeBlanc. Uh, we what the were... hell were you doing with a client? <sighs> Dana, please, I don't have a lot of time. I have even less of my brain right now. Uh, I, I left an envelope on your desk. It's got all the details of the case you need to know written down in a notebook. I need you to use that to do whatever the hell you can to keep Mr. LeBlanc from getting arrested until after the will reading. <coughs> I got what to do next written down. And I'm just supposed to go along with this blindly? He walked into your office doing nothing but trying to trick us into liking him and you're just playing into his hand? I have all the proof you need written down in that journal. What about you? 
Am I just supposed to let you rot in jail because I'm more concerned with LeBlanc? If they've got any reason to arrest me, my goose is cooked. You can still get out of here. If he shows up in the office, hell, even if he doesn't, just do what the book says to do. There's a question mark after fake death. Should I do that or not? Not enough time. Right. I want you to do one other thing for me. What is it? I want, I want you to take my name off all the signs in the office. You would better not be closing down on me without telling me first. This is a hell of a time for I want you to put your name up instead. <coughs> I, th- I think you can make something out of all this. It's what you want. It's what you're good at. I, I mean, I shouldn't be wasting my time in that office when you could be doing twice the good I am. I know all this is screwed up. I know one good person doing what they can with more power than they ever should have isn't much. But hell, I think you can do more with it than I ever could. You act like you're gonna die. One way or another, I'm done for. Do you have any kind of plan? Just, just a hope. That's not good enough. Are you sure you don't want me to help you? Positive. Time's up, Archer. I gotta go. Don't do anything stupid. You know I can't promise that. Do what's gonna keep you safe. If I can get everything you want me to do done, I'm coming after you with bail money. I don't give a damn what you say. Thanks, Dana. It means a lot. And the damn call already. That'd better be a promise. Talk to you again soon. Alright. Back to the cell for the two of us. Just you, last time I checked. Don't try any funny business. Me? <laughs> Never dream of it. You got me a personal god, huh? I'm flattered. Don't be. Everyone else is out. Captain offered drinks to celebrate getting Nathan Archer in the slammer. Who's cereal to the god pissing, then? He's the only newbie who doesn't have the first idea who you are. Ain't that right, uh... James. Right, James. See you around, Archer. <laughs> See you in hell. Hey, Jimmy, keep a muzzle on the stray. I believe you're perfectly capable of shutting your mouth on your own. You lousy. Remember to clock out. It felt like a stupid wish. But maybe in a better world, a perfect world would have been too much to ask for. Vincent DuPont might have had a telephone. I still would have called Dana first, but maybe then I could slip all the cash I had into the god's back pocket and beg him for another few minutes on the phone. <coughs> Maybe I wouldn't have ever pulled a gun on him. I wouldn't have the memory of what he looked like staring up at me with those big, soft, scared eyes. In the world better than that, where maybe we would have met somewhere else. A couple strangers in a bar, in a better corner of the world than this one. Maybe I'd have years with him instead of days. Normal years that we didn't waste worrying about how to get away from stacked courts and paid off juries and dirty cops. In a perfect world, I would have already taken his advice and run. I hoped he was already packing the rest of his bags to go with that suitcase by the door. <laughs> it, was, it was funny to think that the one thing that convinced me to go was also the thing keeping me from leaving. Not funny to me. I didn't really feel like joking. I'm sure someone else was enjoying it. God, fate, <coughs> the chief of police, or Frank Wolf having a good life me up from hell. I hoped the pun wouldn't miss me too much. 
he'd find somewhere else, someone else. It'd be best to forget me altogether. Probably safest of all. Wherever he was, I hoped it was okay. But it'd been years since I prayed. <laughs> but I said a quick one then for Vincent the Pun. Hey, hey, wait! Hold still. I can't go anywhere, you dumb... What the hell are you turning off all the lights for? You get back here! One moment, be patient. I'll be patient when I want to be patient. God damn it, don't tell me you're just leaving me in here for the night. And there he was. Quite the contrary, my dear. He lit a match off his teeth and smiled at me. Bright and sharp and sweet as ever. In the inky blackness of the police station, that smile was about all I could see of him. But I would have recognized that look anywhere. It was the kind of look that reminded me of casual hand kisses and warm embraces and telling me I took a piece of him whenever I left. Whatever I'd taken from him and whatever he'd taken from me seems to seem to slide back into place in that moment. Vincent Dupont grinned at me with a smile that looked crooked through the bars of my cell and the whole damn world let out a deep breath. You didn't really think I'd leave you behind, did you? You're really here. Come closer, Nathan. I can't see you through the bars. There's a cell door in the way. As if such a thing would ever stop me. I tend to treat doors the way I treat laws. Mere guidelines that apply to everyone else. Reached one hand past the bars and pulled me close. Like his hands were made to just fit everywhere they touched. I didn't care that his hand cut my face through stolen CPD issue gloves. I didn't even care that the magic fizzled out. The brightest thing in the room were the eyes flickering over my every bruise, as if a sad glance could heal every one of them. When that didn't work, he gripped my coat like a lifeline and kissed me through the bars. It was just like every other kiss we'd shared. Soft and sweet and just a little desperate. It was as easy as breathing. Which meant when he finally pulled away, I thought I might drown in the oil-dark shadow that surrounded us. I hadn't even realized I chased him, pressing myself into the bars to try to get past the mile-long inches stretching between us. Lean away just a moment, love. I need to open this door. You can't blame me. I miss you. I'll barely be gone a moment. There. He held me like we were dancing in his kitchen Gentle and careful, and barely able to quiet the terror that kept him hanging onto me like I'd already shed, and his arms were the only things holding the pieces together. He even let his head fall into my shoulder in the same way, only raising it up to take my cheek in his hand, fingers drawing a many-petaled flower on the skin as he revered it. I could have stayed there for the rest of my life. Even with his stolen uniform pressed against me and my heart pounding in my chest, I felt like I'd stolen a little piece of that big dream of ours just to taste it, aren't we? And I wasn't going to let go that easily. You poor thing. What did they do to you? Nothing I can't recover from. I'm so sorry I left you behind. No, you shouldn't be sorry for saving yourself. Same thing you told me this morning, remember? You poor head. Ah, my head's gonna make it. You wouldn't have. 
Aren't I allowed to be sorry you've been injured? Never. You've handled you terribly. Let's just get the hell out of here. Of course, love. I'm leaving for St. Louis after the will reading. But I don't think it would be too much of a strain on my finances to drive you there in a few days early with enough of your belongings to sustain you until I join you. <laughs> that sounds like I have much of a choice. If you don't want to... I'm coming with you. Oh. I mean, I, I, I want my own place. Of course. I, I don't see anything wrong with sharing the hotel for a bit until we can both get jobs and everything. I don't want to move too fast. I, and running away together isn't moving too fast. I'm gonna need some time to adjust and everything. You don't have to put up with that. Whatever makes you the most comfortable. I mean, I want to keep the option open, though. Of what? You know, living together. <laughs> detective, how forward of you. Not a detective for much longer if I'm lucky. If I can run away and change my name, I'll sneak back into Chicago to send the office over to Dana. She told me. I came to her for assistance as soon as you'd been taken into custody. She is... <laughs> Quite the lady, I know. I was going to say somewhat frightening. She's good at a job. Does that necessarily include threatening me to find out what I had hypothetically done with you? In the loose interpretation of the job description, yes. I see. So she is very good at her job. She helped me pack some of your apartment, and she's arranged to send the rest to wherever we find ourselves. Thank God. <laughs> Thank Dana. After you, Detective. This has to be like half my apartment packed in here. Marvel at it another time, dear. You're a wanted man, and if you're going to go, we ought to go fast. How many days do you have until the will reading? A few, unfortunately. Why? Nah, never mind. It's just stupid. Nothing you could ask for would be stupid. I've, you've been through hell. You came out the other side all right, didn't I? That doesn't undo your concussion. Whatever. You can tell me anything, I promise. Uh, when we get to the hotel, will you stay with me? For as long as you need. <laughs> Thank God. Were you worried I'd say no? Just uh, one of those days, you know don't really want to be alone. Well then, thank heavens you're stuck in the car with me for the next several hours. Not gonna be much of a company. Don't you worry about it for a moment. Thanks. Besides, I'm sure I'll be able to compensate for any unfilled silences if you so desire. No, no. Whatever is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I don't know if I want to know what your compensation looks like. <coughs> My presence is a gift. Sure. Is that a note of disagreement in your voice? But me? Never. <laughs> Never doubted you for a moment. Sincerely, though, if you need quiet, I'll be sure to provide it. I don't want to do any more damage to your head. You can't move that bad. There's substantial bruising. Bruising isn't gonna kill me. It won't be pleasant either. You. If you need anything at all, noise, quiet, conversation, the radio, you tell me. Right. Thanks, Dupont. Anything for you. Sometimes it takes one day to change your life. Good or bad, I didn't know. But with the creeping light-stained shadow of Chicago fading in the rearview mirror, 
Vincent Dupont reaching over the center console to take me by the hand. I think I had an idea. The city's going to be gone after the next turn, you know. Yeah. You going to get one last look? Say goodbye? <sighs> I don't think so. That's all right. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, I know. God damn it, I... Hi, this is Nathan DuPont. How can I help you? Thank God, I've called four times. I'm a busy guy. Doing what? You ever put together a vacuum cleaner? You don't need to explain to me what my parents wish I was doing. The point is, it's hard, okay? Don't tell me you want to quit your new job. It's not a job, really. Call it what you like. Hope you're not coming out of retirement anytime soon. Still need your tips to be free. <laughs> no other reason? I have more office space without you. Dana? I hired a secretary of my own, Nathan. Don't worry. I'm glad you're doing what you need to do. I'm also glad that makes you available by telephone most of the time. What, having trouble being the long arm of the law without me? When you say it like that, it sounds terrible. I'm a habitual criminal, Dana. What the hell did you expect? You to let me ask you this question or not? What's the crime? Murder, I think. Hit me. A client of mine found her husband dead earlier today. She called me before the police and waved three times my rate in front of my face before I even agreed to case the scene. Ooh, is this another round of, is the client suspicious or is Dana being a cynic again? I'm almost positive she killed him. What do you think the odds are? Oh, three to one, she did it. Excellent. Although for sure once I can test the whiskey her husband was drinking when he died. I stuck a little into my flats when she wasn't looking. I'm lucky I did it when I did, since she knocked the thing over a few seconds later. Yeah, I'd say you should probably pour all your own drinks till you get her in cuffs. And I'll raid your stash to celebrate. Oh, glad to hear my business is in good hands. How's your friend? I'm home, Dana. You can call him what he is. How's Mr. Archer? He's taking me to half the fancy restaurants in town. I keep telling him to save it for the anniversary, but he won't listen. Some people never change, do they? I don't know if he's changed or just calmed down. Could be either. Honey, I'm home! Speak of the devil. <laughs> I'll call you back once the perps in cuffs. Yeah, you'd better. I'm sick of reading it in the paper two days later. You're late. Apologies, dearest. Can I make it up to you with these? Flowers? <laughs> Baby, you didn't have to. Can't I spoil my very own Mr. DuPont? <laughs> I know if we swapped last names, I'd never hear the end of it. Say that like it's a bad thing. You know damn well I'll never be sick of you. God, I love you. Feelings mutual, my dear. Just don't make me burn dinner over it. That was one time. Two years ago, in fact. Yeah, and I'm never letting you live it down. I'm not that terrible a chef. Honey, you're so bad at cooking that you make my cooking worse just by being in the same room as me. I cook? Yeah, grilled cheese when you're in a good mental place for it. Nathaniel Archer DuPont, I will leave this kitchen. Shut up. <laughs> You'll have to make me. Who the hell made you so damn convincing? Is dinner still alright? I was only joking about being mad. And teasing, dear. So, uh, about the flowers. Did I forget something important? Nothing at all. I didn't get promoted, did I? 
No. Well, you'll make fun of me for it. Baby. The only thing that makes this day any more special than any other day is that it's one more day I've known you. I think that in itself is something we ought to celebrate. <laughs> I don't know what else I expected. No, no, it's really sweet. It's just... Yeah, you're, you're really right about me, huh? After all this time, I think I ought to be. I think I'd be more mad if you didn't. So should I get a vase, or are you going to spurn this poor suitor of yours? I'll get a vase. You watch the stove for a bit and make sure nothing overboils. Right away. Everything looking good over there. If I'm being completely honest, I'm not sure what boiling over means, but I assumed that I'll know that when I see it. Sounds all right to me. I think I see it. <laughs> hey, you got it. I'm not entirely useless, am I? Useless? I just feel like I could help you more with dinner and the like. Hey, you had work. Don't worry about it. You know what? Well, I ought to keep it a surprise. You're gonna cook dinner for me for the anniversary next week. Damn it. <laughs> Detective. And you never let me forget it, do you? It's nice not to have too many secrets. I don't particularly like confessing them anyway. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Is dinner almost finished, love? A couple more minutes. How I... hands-off are these couple of minutes? You're not suggesting that... Apologies, dear, but wherever your mind went, we'll have to wait for dessert. What is it with you and doing this while I'm cooking? It's closest to the radio. I'm surprised you didn't deduce that for yourself, detective. <laughs> uh, whatever. I'm always distracted anyway. Distractive? Why, I didn't think I was that nice to look at. Hey, shut up. You both know you're a dreamboat. You don't have to rub it in. <laughs> dreamboat? <laughs> shut up. It's just, it's just hard to dance with you and keep an eye on the stove at the same time. Is that a complaint? Yes. Maybe. No. <laughs> I thought not. Ready for a spin? Uh, I don't know if these shoes can really Too late. Hey! <laughs> hey! It serves you right. And if I spin you again? Only if you're going to my funeral and slip and crack my head open on the counter. No need to be morbid. I'm sure you'll. <laughs> Whoa. Why, hello, love. <laughs> I don't think this is how you're supposed to diff someone. Romantic, though, isn't it? I know, but shine them out. Oh, gosh. I hate to break it up, but if your arms get tired, you don't want to be the first casualty. <laughs> of course not, dear. Well, we got a few more minutes. Would you like me to teach you how to do an actual thing? <laughs> what the hell? I don't see why not. There's nothing sure. The rich get rich and poor get poorer. In the meantime, in between This episode featured Even S as Nathan DuPont, LSG as Vincent Archer, Jeanette C as Malarkey, Anne C as Cop 2, Nisa Danny C as Evans, and Ray F as Dana. It was written by Anne C and produced by Ray F. 
If you like this episode, please consider following us on Twitter and TikTok at Elevator Pitch Peak. For show updates and a chance to interact with the cast and crew, please consider also joining our Discord server. If you are willing and able, please consider checking us out on Ko-Fi and taking a look at our donation rewards. Elevator Pitch is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License. Thank you for listening. Tax collectors getting closer. Still, we have fun. There's nothing sure. The rich.